Van Dyke's joke was um, something about like, um, so why didn't the guy bring his fingers with him when he blew him off on 4th of July? She, and she said, because he was having trouble picking them up. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to the Homeboys Podcast. Recorded in our Indiana office and with combined 40 years of experience. Here's your hosts, Clint and Scott. There ain't nothing like a homeboy's party because a homeboy's party don't stop. That is right. We're the homeboys. <laughs> this is the homeboys podcast. We're excited to be here with you today. We've been away from one another for a couple of weeks here. Yeah. I missed you, man. Yeah. You don't call or write or <laughs> text or we, email. We talk. Actually, you do. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say we probably talk just about every single day that we were <laughs> apart. Well, I was on vacation. You were yep. down visiting your dad. I was. Dad's health looking good. That's yeah. great. Yep. You know, um, his dad had a few little scares, so continue the prayers coming in. Yeah, it's appreciated. But, and, uh, um, but yeah, it was a good trip. We, we got in to see some really good people, some really quality people there at University of Florida um, Medical Center. And, and uh, they're going to put him in a hyperbaric chamber. Yeah. I think that's how you pronounce mm-hmm. it. Yeah. You know, I, I like to... Michael Jackson used to be in one all That's time. what I told my dad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He didn't know what it was. And, <laughs> and so I was explaining to him, like, you know, when he's a diver, you know, that's how I learned to scuba dive mm-hmm. was... This is highly illegal, but I used to go underwater with him with his spare air. So you have two. And I'd just dive with him without my own tank. That's how I learned. Of course you would. But um, I told him it's the thing that when you screw up when you're diving, it's that tank they put you in to keep your blood from boiling. Yeah. But so he understood it then. And then I started thinking of all the people. Michael Jackson, there was a couple other. like I, I remember Terrell bike. Owens was the, the, yeah, the NFL Owens. player used to do it a lot. And then Lance. Armstrong. Uh, yeah. 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 But anyway. But we also had an interesting experience at the, uh, at the at the airport. I think it's important. Yeah. I think it's awesome. Yeah, I want to I want to comment on it. But it, we, you and I, both have a fascination for for Rocky, the, the Rocky, you know, uh, movies, and particularly, you know, Sylvester Stallone in general. We're both big we're both big fans. And I, I turned you on to a to a uh, to a website a couple years ago called slystalloneshop.com and it's like you know everything rocky and rambo and mm-hmm. everything cool it's about, literally you know, his store correct where he sells things but you got a you got a really awesome john rambo backpack i do but you know th- go ahead and tell the story of like what else happened with, yeah, you, with so, you and your john rambo backpack. Oh God. so about three years ago i ordered this john rambo backpack because i'm addicted to anything on slice alone <laughs> store i just think it's amazing and it's what i carry around it's, it, <laughs> carry it's around a military a bag rambo that backpack. says john rambo on it love it and when i first got it it was like three years ago i went and i happened to be shooting i took it shooting and i must have emptied one of my guns clips into this little tiny pocket right, in there right. and then just forgot about it. I've traveled probably, I've flown probably 15, 16 times since then with that backpack. Always with your John Rambo backpack. With my John yeah, Rambo of course. backpack, of course. And, but this time there was a little alarm that went off when I went through, uh, when they sent my bag through and the stop the gates and all that stuff. <laughs> Um, so I found out the hard way what happens when you leave ammunition in your 
bag that you're sending through TSA. <laughs> but just, I mean. They, they were very nice. They're finding <laughs> ammunition <laughs> in a John Rambo <laughs> backpack. And probably, That's the, what you know, the, the TSA people, I mean, did, did they know? Oh, she the, said it. She, she, she got she, I, I was telling Joe earlier, I said she, she totally got it. She goes, well, if there was a, a bag that I was going to find bullets in, it's John Rambo's. <laughs> but I picture, like, you know, there could be, like, some young kid. They, oh, have, they no have no idea, idea. who what Rambo yeah. is. They would say, Mr. Rambo? Yeah, Mr. Rambo. <laughs> That's kind of what I hope for when I wear it, to be honest. Oh, he told me the story on the phone. <laughs> no, I texted you. I said, I, so you. I found out the hard way. What happens yeah, when you like, wear bullets on your plane? I've, I've thought about it. And, you know, it's the picture of the Rambo backpack, the ammunition, security. They were, they were fully entertained. You know? I was the one who was upset and, like, worried and apologetic. And they were like, no, it's cool, John. I you know, picture like you know, like in uh, First Blood, like mm-hmm. you know, you end up running, and, you know, then they catch you, and you're they're hosing, the bandana. hosing you down uh-huh. with the fire hose and running God, through that, the woods. That first Rambo is uh, is dirty. Oh man, it's hardcore. It I love it. It's, uh, it's something else. Well, yeah, so anyhow, it's good to be back with yeah. you. Um, I was in Gatlinburg for a week with the family. It was great. Um, Pretty much did everything that Gatlinburg, yeah, know, what Gatlinburg's known for. But it was great. But it is good to be back because when you travel with two and four year old girls, you know, you almost need a vacation from the vacation. And that place is my office and this podcast. Right today, we uh, probably gonna get a little fired up again. We're gonna talk about some real estate scams that we have seen here in Indianapolis, three in particular. Um, but I think it's important to talk about these scams because they're always going to be out there mm-hmm. and they're always going to be happening yeah, no these are where you're at these are three fairly common type of scams and these are three real world examples that we want to share with you guys because it's it's absolutely disgusting what we see happen out there and these these are three fairly common types that you should be on the watch uh, for and the lookout for it's amazing how much these three scams that we're about to talk about have entered into our work lives for sure and how we have to put up with the fallout from the scams, um, you know, as well. And it's a, it's a hassle for us. We're a very ethical, you know, moral company that uh, we've done everything right for many years. But then, uh, you know, we have to deal with, with the fallout from these. So before I get too far ahead, let's just dive in. Okay. Uh, the first one we're going to talk about is basically goes along with experience. Yeah. And, um, Property property management. Um, so we had um, a guy that was referring us property management customers. Went out to breakfast with him a few times, and um, you know, really tried to befriend us. And then we got a call that uh, some of our customers were leaving us and going to his property management company, which right. was his name. So I don't I don't want to say it, but um, you know, like. Guy doesn't know anything about right. property management whatsoever. My introduction to him was uh, I had to go to a city council meeting uh, on his behalf. He was referring en- us enough clients mm-hmm. that he, you know, we owe we owed him at least the favor of helping him with weird situations. Mm-hmm. And so I met him by going to a city council meeting, basically, and handling everything for him there. And and uh, he knew less than nothing about real estate. You know, and that was like, that yeah. was like two weeks before this all started, where he started opening his own mm-hmm. property management firm. You know, and it's it's 
he, he had all the right buzzwords out there to make himself sound like he knew what he was doing, but he had zero experience and had zero business going in into the business mm-hmm. of property management. And he lacked ethics on top of all of that. Talk about dangerous. So he was going to places like Bigger Pockets yeah. and some of these real estate um, places, which I think is very important to note. Just because it's on uh, a very popular real estate forum doesn't mean that uh, it's the gospel or that's what you should do. But he was posting, you know. Well, let, let me touch on sure. that real quick, though, too. Mm-hmm. You know, on, on Bigger Pockets, um, it's a very useful website for a lot of folks in our business. You and I don't go on there. You know, it's just, it's not our cup of tea. But there's a there's experts on there. But mixed in with those who have as, post as much or more than the true experts mm-hmm. are some clowns. And we've dealt with two or three of them. I can think oh, of them. I, 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 I hate the site. Yeah. Love the podcast. Um, I yeah. listen to the Bigger Pockets podcast hate the site the sites uh, to me and right. is more is more um, ass clownery than it is you know legit it's people that it are is. trying to get into real estate imposing like they really know what they're talking about yeah i would say it's almost a 50 50 coin flip when an expert on there tells mm-hmm. you something that they are a clown and have no clue what they're doing or are a straight up scam artist mm-hmm. And so trying to figure out who is who on there is an absolute mess for, for newbies. And I mean, no disrespect to, to, to the founders of, of, of that. And, you know, like I said, I listen to their podcast. I think well, it's, it's an great. open I think forum. I think they're smart, but it's an open forum. It's where not their really, fault. Correct. You really got to watch, you know, what goes on there because yeah. this particular guy, you know, would go on there, post all this stuff. And a few times he actually posted negative stuff about us. Um, and, you know, we was pulling customers with, like you said, buzzwords. And then also uh, the fee structure that he was charging people was supposed to be so much less and um, all this. And I've said it before. I mean, if, if there's a property manager out there advertising for a significantly less free fee structure, something's up that, you know, right. we're working on the tiniest of margins. Right. Um, 10% you know. is the industry standard in the, these middle market, you know, our tier, um, if it's vacation rental, it it's, can be a lot higher. If it's in a, a you know a large metropolitan area, the fee structure can be a little lower percentage. Mm-hmm. However, ten percent in order for us to survive, ten percent is what we have to charge our clients. Right. We're not driving Bentleys. You didn't pull up in your Rolls Royce. No. You pulled up in a nineteen ninety six Tahoe. That is correct. You know, and we do a good job, but. 10% is the industry. Bumping ass sound system, though. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. right. But, uh, but anyhow, so he, he was he was picking picking customers off like this. And, you know, we, we didn't have a significant amount that left our management. But, you know, we enough for us to know what was going on. And we just kind of left it at that. And then you started hearing rumblings of customers weren't getting paid. And then just make a long story short, he ran off with all of their customers' damage deposits, and a month's worth of rent in most cases um, because he had no idea what he was doing. Right. You know, I mean, the, the, the moral of the story is when someone literally, you know, has a few minutes of property management experience, probably not the, the place to, to, to take your hundreds of thousands of dollars of investments, right. you know, for this, for this guy to manage. And that's the, really the thing. Like, think about how important the property management is I mean, you're talking, you know, if you've got a portfolio, we, you know, we have one particular client had, a, you know, 10 homes, you know, you've got over a million dollars 
you know, that you're given to someone to, to manage. And you're going to send it to someone that has a minute of property management right. experience. So anyhow, we got a lot of those customers back. They, they, they ended up coming back to us after they, they you know, became victims of, of, uh, of this guy. It was interesting. We, we got some of our, the, these customers back, and then I found out that once we got the leases back from these people, he ripped our lease off. Right. Whenever we had sent him leases before, he robbed our lease, and our lease isn't a one-page lease. It's an eight-page lease with eight addendums to it that he took word for word from us. You know, I told somebody like, well, you know, you're going to sue the guy. I'm like, well, what, what am I going to sue him for? A guy has nothing. Right. You know, these people that are victims have nothing. You know, we have a business that we have everything to lose if, uh, because, you know, we've, we've built a, a strong, you know, valuable business. Right. Um, but anyhow, so I don't know what's going on with, with, uh, you know, the, you know, charges against this guy right um whatnot but you know we now we've got some of the customers that you know that we've had one customer in particular come back and want us to hold the damage deposits owner held because of this and like well you know we we can't i I hate it that you're victims of this but you know we can't switch our system up and our leases are with you know the tenants you know also we have a fiduciary duty to the to the owners but we also have a duty to the tenants Mm -hmm. and um we're not going to let one client put us in a position where um they run off with the deposit know it back to the tenants and we have a lease with that Mm -hmm. tenant you know we we would have to come out with that money out of our pocket we're not going to do that you know we do things right if you work with a large company like ours that's been in business for, you know, 20 plus years, you're going to have systems in place that should work. Now you want to verify those, but to, to think that any one person should come in and just change that just because they've been ripped off, you know, it's, it's almost backwards. Why didn't they do this with the clown that they went with instead? Then they come back to the actual real company. Well, I mean, yeah, because, you know, we're, we've been doing this for a combined 40 years. Right. Let's make the, the, the fact that Someone decided to go into yeah. to business with an absolute idiot that had zero experience. Let's make it the problem of the company that's been here for forty right. years. Doesn't make any sense. You so, know, lo- so look into when mm-hmm. you're working with. Make sure we always talk about this. I I know people got to start somewhere, so I don't want to bash everybody as they start out. But this is a very difficult business, and there are some great great companies in every market that you can go with. Why get cute? Why try to be greedy and, and pay a little less? You're talking about sit, a chance to save, what, $50 a month, and you're putting a million dollars worth of properties at risk? It's ridiculous. That's an excellent point. It's ridiculous. Let's say that again. Yeah. it's so if Save you a, $50 a month correct. when you're putting millions of dollars at, you know, at risk with yeah. somebody. I mean, and that's, that's the reality of it. A, a client who has 10 houses has about a million dollars worth of properties, mm-hmm. you know, or average. And... The average amount that they could save at most, I should say, actually, not the average would be about $50 a month if someone had a little smaller fee structure. Mm -hmm. And so you're putting all that, all of your assets into the hands of a clown or an inexperienced person. This is a tough business. They're just going to be bumps in the road for them, even if they are ethical, which, you know, I hate to say it most of the time, they're not. It's at least Mm -hmm. a coin flip. It's at least a coin flip. I can't stand that guy. I know. I know because I got I got to put up with with the with the BS. I know you know from you know I, I had to deal with this for an hour 
um, last week, just, yeah. you know, alone. Um, you know, it's just... Uh, yeah, just, so we're, we're a licensed brokerage. So we have to hold our our damage deposits in escrow, in an actual escrow account, accounted for, and they have to all be there, you know. And just because some other property management firm isn't licensed, or if they are licensed, doesn't obey the law, doesn't mean that these big companies, um, you should just automatically try to undermine what they're doing and and try to insert your own way just because of that. So, you know, if if you're going to work with a company that's, that's got a good reputation and has been around for a long time and has systems in place, you don't have the power to change that with just a handful of properties. It's not worth it. Oh yeah. In most cases, I mean, the the likelihood of you finding um, a legit property manager that lets you do owner held deposits they're not a legit property manager. Zero. Um, you know, so literally by by saying that that's what you require, you're just opening yourself up to go into business with another client. Right. Um, yeah, I heard someone say know. that not that long ago. You know, make sure you have owner-held deposits. And I immediately was like, what are you talking about? What, what licensed uh, property management firm would allow that? It's crazy. I know. It's crazy. And that was the advice someone was giving. Everyone, you know, everyone's smarter than the people that have been doing it for decades. It's yeah. just, uh, but, but it's experience. We want to protect our customers. Right. And there are other PM companies in town that, that share the same sentiment, you know, as us. And uh, we know we're legit that, you know, it's not like, know each other. it's not like we're running the only legit company. We all know each other and we know yeah. who's legit and who's not. Um, it's just uh, hire professionals. Yeah. Higher professionals. There you go. Number two, our number two scenario. That was our first scenario. Yep. Number two scenario, we're talking about uh, a syndication that we saw okay. go wrong. So maybe if, and you're you're much more intelligent when it comes to, to this because you work with you work with some of our uh, investment firms and I'm more uh, infer- informed. Yeah. I'm but you know, talk talk about about what a syndication is first, and then right. like what happened with it's this so, particular guy. Another guy that I'd like to kick his ass, yeah, by the way. Yeah, yeah, which you knew from the day I did, I did, yeah. But uh, a syndication, to put as in as simple of terms as possible, is basically pulling your money with other investors and, and going in on a project. Yep. I mean, that's the very simplest cut-down version. And this is an example of that where um, a bunch of investors pulled their money together to invest in a failed apartment building um, and this building was all the way vacant at that time. And the city had caught, uh, had an order to empty the building because of gas leaks, mm-hmm. I believe. It was. And then, you know, anyone who knows anything about real estate is once you have a, an entire apartment complex that's vacant and not going forward with those repairs, it's going to go backwards really fast, really fast. Good point. Real fast. Really fast. Yeah. And so this guy was out there selling what the apartment building used to be many years ago when it was nice as what he was going to bring it up to. And on paper, the numbers looked great. His his uh, ideas looked great. We knew from a very early stage for two reasons. I'm going to tell one, and then basically the other one is his gut, and he's going to talk to you about what he saw that made him immediately call this guy a scammer. But there was one piece of evidence for us that made it crystal clear from the very start. So he's doing a YouTube video walkthrough of this apartment building in the middle of Anderson, Indiana, in the middle of Anderson, Indiana. 
and he's walking around the apartment complex and then it cuts to him walking along a lakefront as if he's still in the apartment complex and he says, and this is lakefront property. All you had to do is go to Google and see that it wasn't. It is many miles <laughs> right. away from any, right. you know, water. Right. You know, it's, uh, and, you know, he's putting that out there. Yeah, you on know. video. Right. Insanity. So we met him when he was raising money. Yeah, we were we were at an event in, yep. in Bay Area. I think it was yeah. San Francisco area, yeah. suburb. Somewhere out there. And anyhow, um, a lot of the people that spoke, which he was a speaker at this at this conference, which also tells you, I mean, you got to be careful with who you listen to. Um, but, but, you know, he, he spoke, and then a bunch of us that had spoke went out to eat and grab a beer, you know, after after we had spoke or mm-hmm. out there. More people drink wine than right. beer. You know, I'm like, you got any bush light? Yeah. You know, but, uh, <laughs> no, they're drinking kale, kale wine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, but anyhow, within, I'll make this short, within the first 10 minutes of us sitting down at a table with him, he – Proceeded to tell us about you know this 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 boat and uh, mistress you know cheating and, and on then, his wife and, and then the worst was then you know within ten minutes he tells us that he's cheating on his wife with you know some young right. young young girl and um you know I don't condone that kind of behavior sure. in any in any circumstance nonetheless you know like dude I just met you you know why the why the hell are you telling me about you being a scumbag, you right. know, to, I don't think it's cool that you're, that you're cheating on your wife. Right. Um, you know, in fact, it, I don't really want to be around you anymore. Right. Um, because you do think it's cool. Um, but, but you it, know, it I, I just, that. I just said, you know, like shortly after that, and it, I brought up the boat because I could tell that like, it was people that make their own money. Don't talk the way that he did. Right. And the way he was talking about this boat and everything else, they just they, they just they don't talk that way. We're going to have someone on the show here, you know, next week that he is going to come in here, uh, you know, with a fisherman's cap on, a, a, a half of a cigar in his mouth, and you know, clothes that he's had for the last ten years that could buy out most rooms. You know, he would never talk like that guy. But you know, I, I could just tell he was just a scumbag from. Hello. Yeah, but you, know, you it all was just. Yeah. And you also called what he was going to be doing. You knew something was mm-hmm. wrong with it, that in itself, the money that he was raising, which I didn't. People that talk like that don't know how to manage money. Yeah. They don't. I mean, it's just, they don't, they don't know how to manage money. For example. So, I mean, yeah. Go for ahead. example, he bought golf clubs with the money. He bought. He and how ra- do you know this? Because um, we ended up having to. Well, involved and, and I, save the. A lot of it was posted on the indictment that I oh, read that's online. Right? Yeah, it was in his indictment. Yeah, but it, yeah. there was a restaurant. But the, oh yeah, there was a restaurant mm-hmm. and his yacht. Those were all mm-hmm. the yacht wasn't even his, and he used this money to Correct. buy another restaurant. So explain yeah. the situation. So we had to come involved and, and save the project because he, the guy had just burned through all the money he raised. So all these investors they pulled their money. They they, they send their yeah. money in and then. You know, he did a very few repairs to show the building going forward, and then he was just out of money, just out. And then just it was excuses after excuses and delays with getting, um, you know, the, the accounting done and, and showing. And so 
you know, it was really ugly, really ugly. And we had to get involved mm -hmm. and use some of our own money to help because some of these folks ended up being our clients of all things. And so we got involved. Oh, it cost us 25 G's. Yeah. We got involved. Well, we had hundreds of thousands of dollars out on the Correct. rehab. Mm -hmm. So we got involved and rehabbed the buildings and, mm -hmm. and got them back to where they were starting to be stabilized finally. And then um, the, the group. And the reason why I said it cost us 25 G's was more in the labor from our employees oh, that sure. we were sending up free there. time because really, I mean, the person that was at the top of this thing is a personal friend of ours right. and we care about yeah. her. And we care about the other people that were involved. Right. Um, you know, we, yeah, we wanted of, to, we wanted to help them. Yeah. So one way to, um, you know, be safe with syndications is, is to make sure that there's a third party involved that uh, is has a reputation and a history of doing these. That's going to oversee it the right way. Um, you know, that's one way to help mitigate the the risks with these. Um, you know, a lot of these syndication deals early on were just it was the wild wild west. Mm -hmm. People were raising money and you know hoping the person did what they said they could do. Mm -hmm. You know, and and because real estate. Um, it can be such a lucrative thing. It worked out on most of them. Um, since then, I think guardrails have been put in place with most of the people we know that, that would do a syndication. But you got to make sure guardrails are in place. But you got two really important things with syndications. Like you got you got money management. You got to have like the most disciplined people to manage the money because I mean you got you got money coming in from fifty, seventy five, two hundred different people. You know, and then on top of that, then you've got the operational management of either constructing new or rehabbing what is existing. Right. You know, and you get, you know, I mean, if, if like with this guy's particular case, I think he was out of Chicago, you know, you take him from Chicago to Anderson, Indiana, he doesn't have any connections or anything down right. here. You know, like if you send, you know, me and you to Boise, Idaho and tell us that we've got to manage the, the operations, we're, you know. We're not the people, right? You know, it's it's right. you know it's you really got to be well connected, and if you yeah. don't have those two things, I mean, and those are huge things. Yeah, you know. there's people who can manage and do properties all over the country. Those people aren't raising money by syndication; they're not. They don't need your money, right? The, the operations that are nationwide that can do this anywhere. They're not going to be raising money from investors mm -hmm. like this. They're not. Well, that's the that's a that's a fabulous point because, you know, we could do syndications. Oh yeah. You know, um, because I, I feel like those two things I just mentioned that we're both you know that, that us and our company our C our, you know we have an in house accountant we're all excellent at, at at doing that stuff, but we've never done one. I don't like other people's you know, money. I, I hate it. I hate other people's money. We both agree with that. It's just a recipe for a mess, and, and it changes people's behavior. You know, we see it all the time at, at when we're competing against someone. We can point out in the room when we're trying to buy an asset who is using their own money and who is using other people's Every money time. by their behavior. Mm -hmm. That's a scary thought, and the behavior isn't because they're, uh, they're well-behaved. It's because they don't give a shit about money. No. They just... They're spinning because it's not theirs. Correct. You know, they're making fees along the way or however they're doing it. It's different. Oh, fairy dust. Yes, it's Fagazi. <laughs> Fagazi. <laughs> so, you know, with syndications, you got to be extra, extra careful. It's nice if there's a third party involved that is helping maybe raise those funds and then has an accounting 
um, section that will oversee a lot of right. it. Um, sometimes it's nice if there's a third pro uh, party property management because that takes care of the accounting for, you know, some of the inflows of money, um, you know, but still, man, you, I mean, there's a reason why syndicated investments, um, you know, the, the people that are, are allowed according to the sec to invest in them have to have, I forget the numbers, mm -hmm. but they have to have like a million dollars yeah. net worth and, and mm -hmm. some other, some other things They have to be higher earners. It's because they're risky and people who make a lot of money and have a lot of money are thought by the sec to have a higher risk tolerance and a higher uh, aptitude for understanding complex deals. Right. I don't know that that's not necessarily true, but you know, there's a lot of risk. There's a reason for those guardrails. So thankfully, yeah, thankfully in this situation, um, the person that was in charge of the event that was, was, uh, that took place that where a lot of this investors come from is of extreme high moral fiber, um, and a great human being, and was able to work it out to where um, I don't know exactly if it was all recouped, but I know most of it was, if not all of it, you know, to, to the, to the. I, I was behind investors. the scenes with that. And mm -hmm. I, uh, you want to talk about somebody with, with really good moral fiber um, that went above and beyond, way beyond what any court would ever say sh she had to do, they mm -hmm. had to do. Um, she genuinely cares about her clients and genuinely hated the fact that this clown did this to them. She yeah. was as much a victim as anyone else. No doubt. And, and yet she stepped up, you know, and that's kind of why we stepped up too, to be honest, is because we know she's got higher moral uh, fiber and, and we wanted to help her as she helped others. So, right. you know, in the end, um, that is a saving grace. You know, if you work with these, it, a really good um, group that is doing these syndications, um, you know, there's a little bit more of a safety net there with, with them being involved. Yeah. But, you know, there's still is high risk. For sure. There's risk. Well, we're moving on to the, our third scenario. Our third scenario, we've talked about it a few times on, um, you know, on our show. Um, why, don't you, why don't you lead us into it? Why don't you, right. why don't you tell us? <laughs> this one gets us both fired up. Oh, I hate even on. talking about it. It makes yeah. me so mad. Yeah, so this is just a classic uh, kind of what we see in the industry all the time. It's somebody, you know, just slinging ghetto properties for high prices because he shows high returns on the piece of paper. And then when, you know, it's time for the music to play, he's gone. The properties either don't exist or are in disrepair and aren't worth what he sold them for. And it all collapses and you're stuck with a property in the heart of the ghetto that's worth no money that is not what you thought you bought and it just all falls apart. And unfortunately we had a lot of clients who uh, were seduced by these performers mm -hmm. showing, you know, 15% returns. That's exactly and, what uh, happened. And you know, there's, I, the 99.999% of the fault lies with this unethical guy who pulled this off and the unethical people on television who helped pump his. Yeah. Plan. So, so you got, you got a, a national, you know, f news network, news person. network personality. Yep. yep. All right. And he partners, he, he basically calls, you know, him a, uh, a real estate expert and then finds affiliates in other markets and then will send his clients to these other affiliates to find them investment homes in those respective areas. So the guy that he partners with here in Indianapolis um, 
you know, very apparent, and I don't know this, I don't know the guy personally, um, you know, very unethical. Um, but this, this national news guy, apparently, you know, his name is, you know, all over this as well. Um, yeah, he's on deeds. He wasn't just referring people. He was a part of it from, from, you know, the drop. I mean, the paper, there's a paperwork trail and this is still being litigated out in courts and, and, and there's criminal proceedings against some of the people involved. Um, you know, that, that, so I'm not going to speak on the exact details, but there's paperwork showing that he was just as involved as anybody. And, and, you know, everyone has their own side and their own arguments on it. But at the end of the day, if you're selling a, a property that you bought for $5,000 for $80,000 and you haven't touched it, and then you say, Oh, all the money's gone. I was going to rehab it, but we're out of money now. And every single person involved was getting paid along the way. Come on. So these people thought that they had bought a rehabbed house. Yeah. It was not. Or it was about to be rehabbed it if about, it wasn't, right. which is, that's another thing. Don't buy a house for $80,000 that they're going to rehab later for you. Mm -hmm. They're going to hold your money and rehab it as soon as you're done. No. Buy a house right. that's done, period. You don't close until it's done. So they, they, they think that they've got a rehabbed house or soon to be rehabbed. And these people then were receiving rents. You know, they were getting the rent money. Um, and in some extreme cases, homes did not even exist. Like there was one extreme case where the house had burnt right. to the ground previous, you know, like a month, two months, whatever it was, you know, prior to closing. And then that person was still receiving rent money. Right. You know, on it. So I mean, it was legitimately a Madoff type Ponzi scheme right. where they're taking new money and paying off old people and put, you know, the rent right. money. I mean, it was just literally a house of cards. It was literally. And, you know, the, the argument that will be made, you know, to justify what happened on their end will be, well, we, it just got away from us. We were trying to do it this way. But, you know, when you're flying around on private jets and you are literally buying his criteria for purchasing houses was to go into the MLS and to pick the cheapest 10 houses that are in there without looking at them and buy them. But he wouldn't even buy them. So just searching like zero to five thousand dollars. Five thousand right. dollars. That was the criteria. Mm -hmm. And then, and he wouldn't even close on the purchase. He'd he'd get them pending in his name, and then or in this other person's who's, who's selling this pump and dump on TV. Um, then they would call their clients and say, "I've got you a house. Here's the address." And they would do a double close. They wouldn't even ever purchase the house. They would just double close it where. You know, they're paying 5000 mm -hmm. for it and the person's paying 80000 So the person who's paying 80000 $75,000 of that goes into the, the this these scam artist's pocket and 5000 goes to purchase that house. They weren't even using their own money to buy the houses. Right. They didn't own the houses they were selling. I mean, it's just unethical all across the board, every which way you cut this thing. And we see it, though. This isn't the first time this has happened that we've seen here just in Indianapolis. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and unfortunately... Even some good clients that we have, you know, chase some of these returns. And as an example, they're behind the eight ball then. We have a client, we had a client who um, bought three properties through this. Two of them didn't exist. They were both lots. Mm -hmm. And the other one was just this junk property. And that client then was awful to us. Oh, he was a jerk. Awful to a us. Jerk. We that takes a lot for me to say this. that. And we were doing everything we could to help him. You know, this this junk property that we bought that we would never manage normally because he got ripped off. We were trying to help. He would get our bids and then he'd go find these 
like people off the street to do the rehab or, or I don't oh. even know what it was, but then we couldn't tenant it because the repairs were done so shoddy. And then he'd be mad at us, even though he cut us out of, you know, trying to help him. Um, you know, he didn't want us making a single dollar on this too, as if we owe him anything. We were there trying we to help do it. Him. We were there. We were there to yeah. save him from this yeah. and would have. Right. So like, as an example, you know, there was a, say a thousand dollar for all new flooring for this giant place. He would go find it for $990 and use them instead of us to make sure we didn't make any money along the way. You know, just ridiculous stuff. Well, I mean, you know, that he was an extreme case, and we ended up just telling him that we didn't think we were a fit for him anymore, um, you know, and, but, and but to take it somewhere I guess else. My, but, you know, these people, um, they, they it was hard for us to help many of them. We've had, we had our phone ring a lot because they thought they were buying a rehabbed house, right. and then they couldn't accept the fact that, now you have a house that you paid a hundred grand for, whatever it was, eighty, hundred grand for, and it needs sixty thousand dollars of right. rehab to get it right. And once you're done with that sixty thousand dollar rehab, it's worth fifty. Correct. You know, so it's it's you can't fix it up because it's not worth it. It's you can't sell it if you have if you owe any debt. Although none of them had mortgages, luckily, because mm-hmm. it would never appraise and be able never to be, get, right. be able to get a mortgage. But you know, you're in that spot of no return throw more money at it and lose it or you just your money's just gone and it's just gone for these folks so you know we've we've gone a long time on this topic as as, because it gets us fired up but what would you say to watch out for in this type of incident this is the scariest of the three that i've that i'm talking about because we don't have most of our clients don't come out and see a property before close you know we provide halfway uh, picks halfway video. We have finished picks and finished video where we actually have our construction supervisor walking through the house and showing you the rehabs that have been done. We've had them inspected twice. So I guess that's the real, those things that I mentioned there, you know, prior to close, if you're an investor from out of area, you know, we have those safety guards in place so you could see that. But, you know, <laughs> the thing is that, 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 that is so troubling to me is like, I can see how easy this can be that, that this could be pulled off again. Oh, easy as you know, could be. I think you know how how easy it could be, and how you know customers sometimes are too trusting how how it could how it could happen. So, like to avoid it, I mean, you know, kind of goes back to reputation again. You know, if you find if you find a turnkey company that's been doing it for uh, you know for eight, nine, fifteen years, um, you know the the likelihood is pretty strong that they're they're a legit co- you know company and right. you know these people have not been doing it for for any time right um, you know so it goes back to it goes back to experience and reputation again but then you know making sure those safety guards like I've mentioned you know, that we have in place with the with the pictures the videos the inspections all of those things you know we offer yeah. to our don't to close our customers. until it's done make sure you get title insurance. Get an appraisal if you're not using. You're going to get an appraisal if you're using a mortgage. If you're not using a mortgage, order an appraisal. You know we provide third party inspections, like like Clint said, and provide those to our clients. We always say that you're welcome to get your own too. It never hurts. So you can do. Those are the ways you can mitigate that the risk in doing this from afar. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, even though there's all those steps you can do to protect yourself, I still think the number one way to protect yourself is to work with an experienced group. It has a good reputation that's been around for a long time. You know, 
I, uh, you know, I, I was really to, to kind of wrap this up. You know, I was I was very fascinated by the whole Bernie Madoff, yeah. you know, scandal, and I know a lot about it because I've watched everything about right. it and just how that scumbag was able to pull this off without ever making a single trade where he would have had to have traded more options than there were available on the market at that you know time. It's just, it was just crazy. But anyhow, um, the reason why I get so f- fired up and I can relate it back to like the Madoff, you know, scandal that Henry Marco Polos is the person that was the whistleblower for That's Bernie right. Madoff. And he was a statistician, but he was also worked at, 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 at an investment bank. And, you know, he, he, he said some stats like, you know, for Bernie Madoff to do what he would, what, what he did, it's like the equivalent of a major league baseball uh, player hitting 900 for their career right. something like that. Not, not quite that, but I mean, he actually had the, the stats, right. but you know, the, the interviewer, you know, asked him, and this was on 60 minutes, you know, did, did, was it making you mad? You know, did you did you dislike him? I'm like, well, he said, absolutely. When someone is playing in the same sandbox as you and is doing it dirty, yeah, it pisses you off. Right. You know, and these three situations that we've talked about, they have interrupted our, you know, ethical, moral company that we have that we've had to, you know, it's taken time away from us. And, yeah, it pisses me off. Right. It really pisses me off. These clowns. That act like, and I'm not saying new people can't get into real estate. We were new people once. Right. You know, we grew slowly. You know, we did it the right way. You know, I'm not saying that people can't enter into real estate, but, you know, there's a, there's a certain, you know, moral code that, you know, that I think that people have to enter into this. And when people coming in, you know, with, with such dirty hands like this and playing on the field that we've been playing in for as long as we have and causing me, me, me a hard time. Hate them. Yeah. I want to put my foot in their ass. Right. You know, it's, it's hard. You know, it's uh, every single one of them. It's, it's just, uh, and I get frustrated too with everyone out there. Listen, if you go chasing returns and getting greedy and help support these kinds of people, some of it's on you. So don't do that. Don't it go is. chase these returns. You know, greed can drive. Greed is the only thing that allows these people to succeed. If you can just stick with a group that offers good service, good properties, and good normal returns, you're going to be great. You go chasing these high returns and and these clowns. You know, you're feeding into these problems, and it's not going to end well. It no. never it never does. Well, that's our show for today. Um, Maybe not the most fun topic, but a real topic. I think everyone knows this world is crazy. <laughs> and you got to be watching out for, for people, you know, at every turn of life these days. And it's the same way in real estate. Lots of clowns, lots of thieves, lots of crooks. Be careful. You know, do your research. Um, I think I'm going to have to go find a punching bag to release yeah. some of my stress or something. But, uh, but as always... We enjoyed uh, talking with you today. Hit subscribe and turn that notification on. We want you to keep listening to us as we provide this free content. Till next time, happy investing. Happy investing.